I had a direction that I was going, but I had a divine interruption. Uh, we like those sometimes. So <laughs> we have our plans already laid out, and then the Holy Ghost decides something else. So we'll go with him because that's where the anointing is. Praise the Lord. All right. So uh, we just had a wonderful guest minister in. We had a wonderful week uh, in the Holy Ghost. And it's just a add-on to what we normally have around here. Uh, and, um, you know, um, uh, pastors, when they, they go away and pray and uh, pray for the year and ask the Lord who should they have in and, uh, you know, what will they add to? You know, we get a good meal from them uh, every service, uh, good hot bread. Like he said, Sunday morning, we get, you know, um, good um, uh, meals that are provided for us. But when we have guest ministers in, they're like a supplement. Uh, you know, you get a good meal at home. You may be eating your steak out or your home-cooked meal or what have you. But sometimes we take vitamins to supplement uh, what we need for our life. And so guest ministers that are come in, they're like a supplement to us. And some of them have specialties in certain areas. And of course, you know, we know that she stands in the office of prophet. And, uh, and so if you didn't know that, you should know it by now. And, uh, and so, uh, and they bring, you know, certain giftings and a message sometimes, uh, to us that we need for the time that we're in or the time that we're heading into. And so, um, you know, so that's why pastors bring them in for that. And so this week, this past week was like a, a pause button that was pushed in what we normally or regularly do. And, uh, and so uh, a divine interruption that occurred for God to get something for, uh, to us. Amen. So we can kind of look at it that way. And, uh, you know, on your television, I don't know if they still do this or not, but you would hear that sound that would come on. This is the emergency broadcast system. The Holy Ghost broadcast system came in last week for us uh, to minister to us. And uh, so um, to get us some things that we need uh, for our future. So um, let's see if I can get things going here. These guys are around me trying to get me to convert from paper to electronics. And you see, hallelujah, <laughs> I have both. Praise the Lord. All right. So what do prophets do? So when they come in, uh, in uh, out of their office, they go before the Lord, first of all. They don't have anything to say or anything to do unless they receive something from the Lord to do. And so, or to say, and so uh, they spend times, a lot of times, and you've probably heard her say, she spends time isolated or with the Lord, uh, getting uh, direction from him of what she's to deliver to a particular church, wherever she goes to minister or particular people that she's ministering to. So if, if God's not saying anything to her, she doesn't have anything to give. And a lot of times people want to pull on that gift in her uh, to for their own personal life or they need direction or they need an answer from the Lord. And, you know, uh, and, you know, you have the divine counselor on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. And so uh, we don't have a prophet living with us 24 seven, but the Holy Ghost lives with us 24 seven. And the answers that we need for our life are on the inside of us. God uh, provided an answer for us. And so we go to the divine counselor. He can answer anything that we have need of. 
uh, from him. And we don't have to wait once a year for a prophet to come in or go to a special meeting for a prophet to come and to speak to us. Uh, Jesus said that it was necessary for him to go away. And that word necessary, it says expedient. It was necessary to our advantage that he would go away so that the Holy Spirit can come. And so the advantage is, is that when Jesus was on the earth, he had the Holy Spirit himself. But when he went away and he said the Holy Spirit would come, now he's in all of us. And so the advantage is you don't have to go to a certain place. You don't have to go to a certain person. You've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Amen. And that's a more sure word. The inner witness is more sure. Hallelujah. Then going through a human vessel. Glory to God. Well, we appreciate human vessels and we appreciate the gifting and everything, but we're not looking to them. Amen. Amen. And so uh, she comes in. And so what prophets do, if they don't go, they go before God, they don't have anything to say. And then they come before us and they deliver to us what God say. And, um, and a lot of times, especially with her particular gifting, uh, the Lord is giving um, things that are out ahead uh, for us to prepare for. And this is a divine rescue for us because God, we get inside information in addition to just walking in our natural, you know, Holy Ghost on the inside. But God is trying to get his body ready corporately saying, hey, something's on the horizon. You need some uh, special giftings, anointing, equippings in order to ride this thing out, to face it, to get rid of it in prayer or whatever it might be, prepare for it, those kinds of things. And so they're here to sound the alarm, alert, alert, alert. And we listen to what, pay attention to what they're saying because there's a rescue there. All right. And so uh, another thing that prophets do, and she talked about this, is that they come into territories or they come into a place and they occupy that place and they stay things uh, that are operating from the demonic. And so when they're in a region or they're in a territory for a while uh, with her particular gifting, when she comes in, she uh, holds back demonic forces so that we can receive what we need from God. So whatever she's bringing, whatever she, uh, the God is, um, uh, she's gotten from the throne of God so that we can hear what we need to hear, so we can uh, receive what we need to receive. We can uh, begin to say and uh, say things in our own lives. So she stays those things back, hold those things back so that we can be in a position that we are well equipped to receive what God is saying. Amen. Amen. So just keep those things in mind as we go ahead. And so there, uh, in this particular um, encounter with her, there was lots of instruction. Um, I, we had, of course, three services with her uh, on Sunday, and uh, for our church in particular. And I, I was trying to go through them and get, you know, uh, encapsulate everything that she said. There's no way to do that tonight. We'll be here. Y'all ready for a long service again? <laughs> I'm not going to lay hands on you or anything like that, but try to give you what she said. So I did write down some, uh, some things uh, that uh, she said and alluded to, and I'm going to try to give you those tonight. I'm just going to try to hit the high uh, points of that uh, because we can get bogged down in some things. But I want to give you the essence of what she said so that why? So that we know how to walk circumspectly. We know where to put our foot next. And so as I was preparing this, uh, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit gave me the title, What Now? What Now? Now that she's come, now that she's delivered this unto us, what do we do from here? 
Where do we go from here? What do we take away from what was said and delivered unto us? And so, um, so we're going to go over a few of those things. So, um, and she said some things like, uh, when you go up there, come up here with me, that the Lord said to her. So when we go into prayer, he said to come up there with him. And, um, and, uh, and then in a corporate place, we were enter into that place called there. And that place there is in the spirit or in the realm of the spirit. Um, she said some things like purpose and plan had to be here now. It was urgent for her to come now. There were other things that where places she could have been, but the Holy Spirit highlighted us in particular for whatever reason for now. She had to get here now. So she moved some things around so she could be here with us. Some other things she said um, that um, uh, purpose and plan had to be here now for this decade of breath and mouth and voice. For this decade of breath and mouth and voice. And she said, Lord, you have shaped them, you have molded them, you have gifted them, and you have appointed them. And you have separated them in their mother's womb, Jeremiah 1, 5. Separated them in the womb uh, unto the call of a thing that you would have them to do. So not only are, you know, we often talk about callings regard to ministers, but all of us are called to do something. God is, uh, you know, uh, birthed us or put us in our mother's womb for all of us have something to do, you know, uh, in the marketplace. I was just having a conversation with someone uh, yesterday and they were saying, you know, in a, a certain industry, a lot of people are pulling out because of the pressure of the world to do uh, certain things that they favor. And so people are put in, pulling out of that. But even with that, uh, people are called to the marketplace. People are called to be businessmen and women. People are called to play basketball. People are called to uh, start a business. People are called to have a restaurant. People are called to be a doctor or a nurse or a teacher or uh, a mom. You stay at home, mom or dad. They're called to be that. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to stand behind a pulpit or a podium and deliver a word. We need people in the marketplace. If you look at it, uh, the 12 tribes of Israel, there was only one that was called to be priest. So one twelve, and so we can't all be <laughs> that. The Levites were called to be that. But the, the other tribes had duties and things that they were supposed to do, that they were called to do, that God had called them to do. And so uh, if I don't like, you know, well, I don't like what I'm doing, I like what you're doing, and I'm going to do what you do. That means that what you're called to do and what God has ordained you to do doesn't get done. And then you're operating in a place where there's no grace for you. Amen. And your grace is over here. Uh, you know, I know in um, uh, the 1930s when the healing revival was going on, uh, there were several that decided they didn't like their call. It was operating in tremendous signs and wonders and miracles. And then they decided, well, I want to be a teacher. But God didn't call them to be a teacher. But they liked the teaching uh, ministry. And so they stepped out of the calling that they had. And a lot of them died early. Because they left their anointing and their grace. 
Amen. So God has called us into uh, different places. And so one of the things she did when she was here, she, uh, she talked about Paul Revere and how he ran through, uh, you know, through the cities. And he was calling the British are coming, the British are coming. But one of the things she said to us that the Spirit of God was saying to us, the, um, that we are to, what is like Paul Revere, our call and what we are to be saying in this time, the Creator's Son is drawing near. He's near, he's near, he's near. And I know as a kid, I remember hearing my grandmother telling us Jesus is coming. And I'm 59 now, and so I was little. And I remember hearing, you know, my grandmother saying, Jesus is coming. And so that's been a long time. And you can get desensitized to the fact that we're closer than we ever been. Amen. But Jesus is coming. And so her call to us or what the Holy Ghost was calling us to that we need to make it known that the creator's son is near. He's near. He's near. He's near. Amen. Amen. And then um, she said, and this is what she said of us. She said, my father, they are all well-equipped ones. I do believe. I walk with you and inspect the troops, and I look and see they are ready for what you brought them into the earth to do. And uh, she says, "Mandate." There's a mandate from heaven. Of, of, there was a mandate from heaven for her to be here. That God goes ahead and makes the way. More now than ever before, we are not to leave uh, leave here thinking that this is just another service. So on Friday, she, uh, with everything that was delivered, there were three services on Sunday. We had a service with the School of Ministry students and grads. And then uh, Pastor Rhonda's Women in Ministry uh, um, conference was on Thursday and Friday. And so with all of that, she, the paramount thing that she was thinking about before she left was, what will they do with what I brought? What will they do with what I gave? Not uh, have them, she looked at me, have them to know that this is not just another service. It's not service as usual. God hit the, po- the, the pause button for us, for something for us to have. And then she kept talking about the decade, uh, 2023, what's out ahead. And I don't know. And I don't know that she knows all of what's out ahead. But what uh, this time that we had with her, uh, as a supplement to what we've already been getting is to prepare us and equip us for what's out ahead. Amen. 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 So, uh, so she uh, said that we need to make the conscious effort every day to choose to, um, to walk in that which God has brought us, to stir up. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, she said, let's see here. I got a lot written down here. Uh, got to get a thing done. There's no drawing back. It's a decision that every human must make. You are either for the, uh, for the Son of God or you're not. You're either receive the Son of God or you will not. A remnant is being formed. The procedure is on. The empowerments are there and the angel forces are there to assist those who go on in the Christ in spite of persecutions. And we'll get, it, we'll get it done, and the trumpet will sound, and we'll meet him in the air. Amen. 
She said, it's a quick work, a very powerful work. Um, I feel the, she said, I feel the work, something is happening. Then she said, I carry this. This is not a regular service. So even in the very first service on Sunday, she said, this is not a regular service. And so what she's trying to get to us is a wake up that, okay, we had a great weekend. It was anniversary, 29th anniversary, and we celebrated, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we go back to doing whatever we did on Monday. So she's trying to let us know that this is not just um, a regular time. She said, this is not a pastoral service. Some that um, is, um, some, am I typing here? We don't know, she said, we don't know what I am. Here I am on Sunday morning inspecting you by a heavenly order of things. So God sent her here to see if we were ready. One of the things I was happy about was that she was happy with prayer. Woohoo! yay, <laughs> praise the Lord. But I know her team has been praying. Uh, others, some of the folks that were visiting us from other nations were praying regarding uh, these meetings and stuff. Pastors have been praying, of course. And so she, um, it made a place for her when she came in. Usually we do a sound check with her on Saturday. And so the, the purpose of being here is to check her headset that she's wearing for services. But very often what happens is she steps over into the office of prophet and she begins to prophesy in this room. So she said when she was getting close, uh, she didn't quite know where she, they were. She, of course, she, she lives in Tennessee. When uh, they were uh, a little bit from the state line, she could feel the switch from Tennessee to Alabama. And then three minutes later, she said, we saw the sign that said Alabama. Welcome to Alabama. So just the spiritual atmosphere, she could feel the shift or the change from one state to another. And then she began to talk about things in our state, things talk about things in our nation, uh, in our world, and uh, from that place. So, I mean, she came out the gate talking. Uh, I remember second service, she addressed some things in second service. She came out uh, dealing with um, death, and she started declaring life over people. What you were dealing, that you won't um, leave this earth prematurely. You won't die prematurely. So that's something that she brought and addressed and spoke to. And so if we're dealing with things in our physical body, the prophet said, we're not going to die early. And then you take that unto yourself, not just because she said it, you take it unto yourself. And, uh, and uh, 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 that was a, a rescue. That was to, uh, something to get our attention. And then uh, we're going to talk about it in just a little bit, that even though she comes in and makes a way and open that up, what are we going to do with it now that she's gone? So she comes in and she talks to us about, um, you know, as second service at the very beginning, she starts declaring life, starts dealing with things that people were dealing with in their bodies and um, <clears throat> that the enemy comes in to steal, kill and destroy. But I am come, Jesus says, to bring life. And she started declaring life over people. So we declare life over ourselves. Um, now, this is something that she said, and I may get tongue-tied saying this. So, uh, he's positioning us, each and every one of you, in your own personal lives. The beginning has begun. Y'all remember her saying? The beginning has begun, and we know the end from the beginning. And the beginning is, the, is in motion, and when it's in motion, you are drawing the result, the completion, the manifestation, the demonstration to you. Beginning, the beginning has begun, and the end is known from the beginning. 
Hear me now. Your, uh, your end is known, not just by God, but it's on the inside of you. Your end is known, not just by God, but it's on the inside of you. And something has happened from heaven, and you thought, um, and you thought you had begun. A beginning has begun for each and every one. A beginning has begun, and it is written that the end of a thing is known from the beginning of a thing. So if your beginning has begun, <laughs> who's on first, who's on second? Um, so if your beginning has begun, locate where you are now, and you are assured of the end of a thing. It'll be seen of you now. Get before God and let there be silence. And I can't yell like she yelled, but she said, too much talk. When you meet with God, let there be silence. Listen to him and he will speak of and he will locate you and show you where you, um, uh, where you ought to be uh, in the great diagram of things. This is who you are, he says. This is where you are, he says. This is the end of a thing, and this is the path I want you to take. You have begun the beginning. And I don't know, and she said it. I don't know what all that means. So if she don't know and she said it, I sure don't know everything. So what do we do? We get before God. Something She declared by the Spirit of God, something has begun. And we take that before the Father. Okay, Father, something has begun. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for me in the scheme of things? What have you begun for me? Where am I? Locate me uh, in the process of all of this and show me what I need to do. Uh, and she said, I wish I could tell you I understand everything I'm saying. This has just uh, begun recently. It's like I walk between two worlds. And she did. I walk between two worlds, between two realms to hear from the kingdom of God for us. The kingdom of heaven is a destination. The kingdom of God in me is domination. So the kingdom of heaven is a destination, but the kingdom of God in me is domination. She talked a lot about authority, a lot about our authority and us exercising our authority. Uh, her prayer coordinator, Nancy, sent me a prophecy from Brother Hagen, and he talked about a lot about the end times that um, with uh, demonic activity increasing. Anybody seeing any demonic activity <laughs> increasing? But with that increase, we would need to know our authority and that there are some things that, uh, that need to take place that won't take place unless we use our authority. Yeah. So uh, in your own personal lives, in your family's lives, you know, you have authority. The, the word of God, Jesus said he gave us the kings of the kingdom. All right. And so we uh, between two words. So kingdom of heaven is a destination. The kingdom of God in me is domination. I dominate my situation. Because I exist and I am a citizen of the kingdom of domination, because I am of the kingdom of God, I dominate my situation. Um, my king died and gave us such authority that the very elements would obey us. I remember earlier in her um, ministry, she was going to a retreat, and I think it was Nancy that was driving her. And uh, so it was raining so hard that they couldn't see the sign. They couldn't see how close they were to the sign uh, to turn off the road to go to the 
cabin or wherever they were going to um, minister. And so uh, Nancy's just, you know, the windshield wipers are going, I mean, it's just coming down in sheets. And she commanded the rain to stop, and the rain stopped. And they looked at one another, and she said, hmm, I wonder if that's an accident. Then she said, rain start, and the rain started again. And they looked at one another. (laughs) And then she said, rain stop, and it stopped again at her word. So, uh, so the elements obey us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's not just something for her. She didn't do it out of an office of prophet. She did it as a son of God, Amen. which we are. Yes. All right. And let's see here. Amen. Um, all of earth is crying out for the sons of God. We are, uh, we are there now. Tag your it is what she said to us. Tag your it. All of heaven is saying, guys, you're it. We're it, heaven is saying to us. So she said, let's give us, uh, let's, let us give you some understanding of what to, uh, what to do for your life, about what you're supposed to be doing now, about your relationships, your parents, your spouses, your children, and what to do in your occupations. What is your relationship to the community and the neighborhood? There's something on the inside of you, and it's not, um, and it's not going to be life as usual. There's something on the inside of us, and it will not be as life as usual. The beginning of the end uh, are locations, she says, places to be occupied, both by your intelligence, your emotions, and your choices. That would be your soul. And th- listen to this. To the degree that you have renewed your mind will be to the degree of you interpreting where you are now. To the degree that you have renewed your mind, there will be, uh, it will be to the degree of you interpreting where you are now. How do you renew your mind so that you can think right and do right about your relationships and decisions and finances and health now? Agree with the word. What God says about us, we agree with the word. Renewing our mind is, and this is, this is not her, this is me. So for the last two and a half months or something like that for prayer, early morning prayer, we've been uh, praying over Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you will present... Praise God for waltz. I I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, not conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For the last few months, over this congregation, we've been praying these two scriptures. And what the Lord has been saying to us is that what the way you think affects the way you believe. The way you believe affects what you say, and what you say affects what you have. And if we're not thinking right, what do we do? We agree with the word. If the words, uh, if, our, if our thinking is, I don't have enough, 
Scarcity, what uh, um, Ollie mentioned tonight. If I'm thinking scarcity and lack and hoard and all of that. The word of God says he'll meet all of our needs according to his riches and to glory by Christ Jesus. If we're saying, in, I hurt in my body, this hurts and that hurts. Oh, my body's going downhill. We're not agreeing with the word. The word of God says that we've been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen. Uh, in our mind, I don't know what to do, but the word of God says that you are sons of God and you are led by the spirit of God. So what do you do? You take the word when your mind, my mind is going squirrely and thinking opposite of God. We take the word and replace it. We take uh, the word and replace it with our thoughts, with other people's thoughts, with the devil's thoughts and renew our mind with it. Amen. So we say what God says. Renew our mind with the word. Hallelujah. Phew. Glory to God. So that was, a, that was a help and a rescue. We've already been in that mode about renewing our mind and praying that way. Amen. Um, and then she said, here I am. Speak to me. I sit here uh, and meditate the word with you. So as you're talking to God, she's saying this. As you're talking with God, as you're being quiet, as you're sitting with him to find out where you are in time, where you are in the beginning to the end. All of that. Here I am, like Samuel said. Lord, here I am. Speak to me. I sit here and meditate the word with you. I meditate the word back with you. I have faith to hear you speak. Speak to me. So it's interesting she said it that way. I have faith to hear you speak to me. So we have to have faith in God talking to us. And us hearing him for direction. Then uh, this was something that was paramount to her. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 1, verse 11. Romans 1, 11. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And so uh, she began to say here, I carry tremendous spiritual giftings. You got to have what I have. I'm carrying heavy, she said. Nuclear. Heaven so powerful. Working with angels like never before. Watch for them. So even in that, she's telling us, I've been working with angels. And I don't know if you guys remember hearing her talking about how two angels came to her uh, and then one dropped down out of heaven in her house. And one said, uh, and the one that dropped down said, uh, I've come from the throne of God to tell you to stop worrying about your children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stop worrying about your children. And then psh, all three of them are gone. She's been experiencing angels in her home. Angels assisting her in services. And so what she's saying is this is, I'm opening this up for you. And, you know, guys, we can get weird kind of stuff, you know, uh, all kinds of, I mean, us charismatic folk, you know, the wind changed direction. Oh, it's an angel. You know, just weird. Don't go weird on us, all right? 
But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter one that they are here as ministering spirits to minister for us who are heirs of salvation. Anybody that's an heir of salvation in this room? If you're born again, and um, you know, I had to study this out. Brother Hagin used to tell you, you have an angel that when you were born, that is your guardian angel to protect and watch over you. But there are other angels that are here to assist us and to help us in everyday life. This pops up in my heart. I remember years ago, I was in college, and uh, my boyfriend and I, we were, um, we were headed north on University Drive. And as we were coming up to um, uh, Jordan Lane, and um, so we were turning right on Jordan Lane going towards 565. And as we're turning, he's looking back to see if traffic is coming, and we hear a crash. Boom! And there's a car in front of us. He thought the car had already gone, and he crashed into the back of the car. So we get out of the car, surely thinking that he has tore up in the front, tore up in the back of the other car, and there was nothing. We heard the crash, and there was nothing. We both looking at one another. It had to be an angel. There was no way <laughs> that we survived that or came out of that with the crash that we heard. But God protected us. And, you know, that car went on by their way. We went on by our way, trembling in the car, you know, when something like that happens. But I didn't see anything. We didn't know anything. Uh, nothing appeared to us. We didn't hear anything. But somebody was there to protect and watch over us. Amen. Hallelujah. So she said that this, I'm loosing that to you. And so these are some things that are in her, uh, that's in her wheelhouse that she said that she was imparting and leaving with us. So authority to dominate. Death go, life be. To bind and loose. And she said, uh, declare, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so authority there. So she was loosing that authority to us. And I'll, I'll say this here. Uh, there was a couple that used to work with uh, Brother Hagen uh, when, when I was in school, uh, years beyond that too. But he has some folks that were contemporaries with him in the ministry. And uh, we called them Mom and Pop Goodwin. And, uh, and so uh, they came to Rama to teach us students one and what we called exaltation. That means all the students came together, uh, and then uh, once or twice a week they would come in and uh, bring guest ministers in and teach us. And um, so I wasn't there at this service, but this happened years before I was in school. Mom and Pop Goodwin operated in tongues and interpretation of tongues, very fluently. And um, so they're up ministering, and they said, there is no way that we can lay hands on all of you. There's too many of you in this room. But we declare and we loose to you uh, the uh, operation of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now, I know some ministers uh, who were my elders that were in that room. And almost all of them operate in tongues and interpretation of tongues just because they were in the room. Just because they were in the room. So what I'm saying to you is that she may not have ministered to this to you personally, but if you were in the room... If you were in the room, you have access to this. And so as she was saying stuff, I go, Lord, I received that. I received that. I received that. I have no evidence that anything's changed in my life, but I received that. I received that. So as I'm reading these things off, you say that if you hadn't done it already, I received that. Amen. So authority. 
seeings and knowings. This is another thing that we've been praying about for probably the last two weeks uh, in early morning prayer. Seeings and knowings that this will increase. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, I believe it is, it says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them, but he has revealed them to us by his spirit. Amen. So for your life, for your family's life, for your individual life, for even other people's life, this uh, increase of seeing and knowing is happening. So this is not necessarily a ministry gift. This is just you being a son of God. This is part of John 16, 13. Put John 16, 13 up, please. Hallelujah. We pray this all the time. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. Jesus said he had to go away so the spirit of God could come. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak and he shall show you things to come. Now do it in the Amplified Classic, please. But when he... The spirit of truth, the truth given spirit, and you know, I'm not going to go into that, but it's, it's interesting that it's pouring out. It's the spirit of truth because there is a spirit of untruth. Amen. He is the spirit of the Holy Ghost, is the spirit of truth. The truth given spirit comes, He will guide you into all the truth, the whole truth, full truth. For he will not speak on his own message, on his own authority, but he will tell you whatever he hears from the Father. He will give you the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are out, that are to come, that will happen in the future. Amen. Let's go to verse 16, I think. Verse 16. I'm sorry, 15. 15. Go back. Yep. Everything that the father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that he, the spirit, will take the things that are mine and reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. So Jesus said that it was to our advantage for the Holy Spirit to go away. And this is why. Because he will show us, reveal, disclose, declare, and transmit unto us those things that are out in the future. In our future. So if there's something you need to know, who guess who knows? The spirit of truth knows. Amen? And he will reveal and disclose and declare those things to you. He's not hiding stuff from us. He's hiding stuff for us. But it's hidden. And if you need to know, because uh, we prayed this morning about mysteries. That word mysteries in 1 um, Corinthians 14, 2, um, that when you pray in an unknown tongue, you pray mysteries. That word mysteries there is hidden truth and secret things. So God's hidden some things for us, but it's like a treasure hunt. We got to go looking for it. All right. So seeings and knowings, God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Boldness. <laughs> and she said for, uh, for boldness, what impresses him is what we do with his son. Boldness is what, we, uh, what impresses him is what we do with his son. And then she told the story about how she, um, the Lord had her talk to a young lady. She gave her $100 and then yell out the window, Jesus wants you to come to him. And she said all her Bell Mead friends were out there listening. And the girl fell down in the parking lot and gave her life to the Lord right there in the parking lot. So that boldness to talk to people about Jesus is what she's loosing to us. Some of your gifts have been latent. Uh, they have, uh, they've been dormant. 
And they, just because we were in the room, she said, today they have been awakened, they have arisen, um, and, uh, but today they do. They come up to the surface. Not only does the ministry of the prophet have graces to impart, she says, but graces to enhance, graces to, um, to live, graces to uh, get you in your position. Giftings of the office of the prophet sees into the spirit realm, sees angels and demons. So that's the gifting. Uh, um, you know, she can't give you that necessarily because that's something by the spirit wills. So she can't give you that. But still, the spirit of seeing and knowing is still active to you because you're a son of God. Amen. And because of the scriptures we just read. Amen. When a prophet comes into a region, they stay demonic activity. I stay demonic activity concerning the work uh, um, the work here and the peoples here at Cornerstone and this city. You come, uh, you come this far and no further. She's talking to the entities. You come this far and no further and you cease and desist your activity while I'm here. We are, I think I did. Oh, I went to the wrong page. Sorry. Uh, things that she loosed. I'm going, that's not right. Okay. Things that she's loosed. Authority, seeings and knowings, and boldness. It helps to turn the page over. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, courage. She said she lose courage to us. It is the bridge between doubt and your destiny. Courage is the bridge between your doubt and your destiny. Endurance is something else she loosed. Prosperity and finances. We'll all take uh, the ability to talk to leaders of nations. Favor. Wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do and when to do it. Wisdom. Access into places of leaders, businesses, business leaders and governments. Because that's something that's in her life. So access into uh, places of leaders and business owners and governments. And then she said, I loose the tongue of the evangelist, the anointing. She said, the aching in your belly to share Christ with someone. She said, I'm not calling you to an office, but I'm loosing that aching in your belly to share Christ with someone. Um, she said, to always remember that God has your best interest at heart. He sets kings up and he takes them down. Don't be looking at the kings. Look at him. Don't be looking at who's occupying certain seats. Look at him. Your trust is not in a man, but in God. And she said also it was the right time for Pharaoh to be in the place where he was. For the things to take place and happen for the children of Israel. Um, and then she said, I got to, uh, you got to have what I have. Paul knew he had uh, these enhancements to give the Romans, and he had to get to them to give them to them so that they would be established. They would be established. And so she said there was an urgency to get here. So she said this several times. It's an urgency to get here. I had to be here now. You've got to have what I have. Romans 11, 1 and 12, uh, Romans 1, 11 and 12 again. For I long to see you that I may impart, and that word impart is to give over or share 
with you some spiritual gifts so that you may be established. That word established there is to set fast, to set fast, to turn resolute in a certain direction, to set us fast and resolute in a certain direction, to confirm, to be fixed, steadfastly set, to strengthen. This is all in the word establish. To strengthen, to make stable. Anybody seen any unstableness in the world today? So she's imparting this gift to us to give it over, to share it with us, this spiritual gift, so that we would be established, firmly placed, make firm, to render constant, to confirm one's mind. That is that we may be encouraged together and that you by mutual faith, both of you and me. So where do we go from here? So all those things she brought to us, all those words, and of course I couldn't even get to everything uh, that she said. Um, and, um, and so on Romans, let's go to Romans eleven twenty nine. Romans eleven twenty nine. For the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. That word irrevocable there is without repentance, the King James says. Uh, not repented of or unregretted. So the gifts and callings of God that he has put on the inside of us, he didn't change his mind about them. He gave them to us when we were in our mother's womb. Uh, you know, whatever journey or wherever we are in time or whatever we did or what we didn't do, God didn't change his mind about it. They're still there. They're still in there. And, um, and so she said, they may be lying dormant until now, and they're being triggered by being in the room, brought to the forefront. Activations, uh, there are activations maybe even of other times when you've had hands laid on you or someone ministered to you. Uh, one of the things that stood out to us when we were praying for the ladies um, uh, the Holy Ghost said, maybe even when you were a child and you were in church and you were coloring underneath the, the pew, but you were hearing what was going on in the room. And your parents may have thought you weren't paying attention, but you were hearing. Those things went on the inside of you and they're still there. And so being in the room activated, stirred up those things uh, that were lying there when you were a, a child. Hallelujah. Gifts and callings of God, uh, callings are, were imparted, awakened, and stirred up in us, not just for ministry, but for the marketplace too. Some of them are time-released. So you may see something different right now, but there may be a time when you're in Walmart or Kroger, Earth, and uh, <laughs> sneak that in, Pastor Rob's not in here. Uh, you know, wherever you might be and you're talking to someone and all of a sudden some comes, something comes out of you and you think, who said that? Where'd that come from? Time released. For the, uh, there's a, these plants that are called slow uh, starter plants. Tulips are like that. So the bulbs are, are, are planted at a time when the conditions are not right for them to come up. And so you plant them anyway. But when all the conditions are right, all of a sudden they pop up. And so what she's saying here, those things that are in us that are time released, we will be in a place where the conditions are right for those things to pop up. 
something to be said that we heard, uh, you know, pastors say or uh, in our devotion to the, the Holy Ghost highlighted to us that it's a benefit to someone else to help them adjust and be where they need to be. That's a rescue to somebody else, an answer to somebody else. So time release. We may not see a change now, but something may happen down the road. Uh, next week, next month, next year, five years from now, something pops up and you can trace it back to this time. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. She said, when you leave here today, you will be more established in that gifting that God Almighty put in you, molded and shaped you for, uh, into before you were born. When you leave here today, you will be more established in that gifting that God Almighty put in you, molded and shaped you into before you were born. So I'll try to do this real fast so we can move on. Some of your gifts, where this is where I went earlier, uh, are latent. Things that are to be awakened. Not uh, only does the ministry of the prophet bring graces to impart, but to enhance, to uh, get you in position. The giftings of the office of the prophet see into the spirit realm, sees angels and demons. When a prophet comes into a region, they stay demonic activity. Uh, I stay demonic activity concerning the work here at Cornerstone and the peoples in this city. You come this far and no further. You cease and desist your, op your activity while I'm here. We are more able to hear and to see the things of God while we are together. Then when I leave, it changes. And this is her talking. When I leave, it changes. You will have to hold your ground. So her declaring life over us, her staying back, demonic activity, speaking to entities to move out of way for our bodies to be healed. What she's saying now, I'm gone. You're going to have to occupy your place. She made a way for us. She made a room for us. She moved things out of the way. But to maintain that, we're going to have to hold our place. And that means that if on Sunday you were in that service and she said, uh, no premature death, uh, I speak to death, go, <laughs> life be, and things start talking to you in your body, and you get a report, no, the prophet said, death, go, life, be. You don't change. You don't change your position. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So you use your authority. You will have to use your authority, she said. I establish you in your giftings. It's like, um, she said, I'm a rod in your life. She, and she talked about her husband liking roses, and he was Italian, like grapes, that you, um, you had an anchor like a rod put down into a ground and a twig tied to it so that you can be established and grow upward into the divine. So she was like a rod to come in here and establish it. I am not moving. I am fixed on what I believe. I am, will not be pulled off to the right or the left. I am fixed on what God says, what he's spoken to me by his spirit, what his word says about me. I'm fixed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. We'll start shutting her down. First Tim, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 1, verse 5 through 7. And this is Paul talking to Timothy. 
And he says, when I call to, uh, to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. So Paul saw something in him. He saw his faith. And Jesus said, when I come back to the earth, will I find faith? That's what pleases God, is faith. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So it's interesting to me, we pull that verse out of there and quote it all the time, but it has to do with what he put in you. It has to do with the gifting that he put in us. He's saying, uh, for God not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Stir up that gift on the inside. So she said she came. She awoke. She, uh, uh, those gifts and callings were arisen, awakened. They were dormant, but now they're made alive. But for God has not given us a spirit of fear to operate in those gifts, but a power and of love and a sound mind. And that, um, that word there is sound discipline mind. So things that uh, you received as saturations, they're in you Amen. from the laying on of hands. And whenever somebody else had laid hands on you, those things, those giftings and things. It's interesting to me, too, before she came a few weeks ago, the Lord told me to start recounting and remembering and writing down times when hands were laid on me and stirring up the gift of those things again. So, uh, so how do we maintain? How do we receive? How do we stir up those things? Um, one, Timothy says, uh, Paul tells Timothy to stir up the gift. So we're going to have to choose every day to stir up the gift and to hold on to what was received. And how do we do that? We do a lot with our mouth. Father, I thank you that the gift that's on the inside of me, I thank you that it's activated, that it's alive, it's been awakened. I thank you that I stir up that gift on the inside of me, and, it's not, and I'm not afraid. <laughs> um, I don't have a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. And that gift brings me before great men, because the Bible says that too, that your gift make room for you and bring you before great men, bring you before the people that you need to. Another thing is not looking back. Well, I didn't do right. I haven't done this right. God called me to do this. He told me to do that, and I didn't do that. All that stuff, you can get it under the blood. Not only the things that we've done that were failures, but also our successes. Pastor Rhonda talked about that with our with our ladies. You're going to have to forget your past, your failures, and your successes because you can't take, that in, take them with you. It's a new day. It's a new day. Faith in the gifts. So you have to have faith in the gifts, trusting that if you don't see a change, God is still working. I think there's a song about that. If I don't see him working, he's still moving, right? So believe in his word. Again, that's us renewing our mind to what he says. How do we secure the places that we've obtained? How do we hold on to them? How do we guard them? We guard them in prayer. We guard the things that and protect the things that God has done for us in prayer. And also, uh, because there's a plethora of different people in this room, your place of occupation may be different than my place of occupation. What God's put in you is different than what he put in me and the person sitting beside you. And so we can't look at somebody and go and compare ourselves or they're doing this, but I'm not doing that or I'm doing that and they're not doing this. 
because you're walking a different path. Every one of us is walking a different path. And what we have to do is get before him and seek him about how we operate and walk in what he's called us to do. And Corinthians tells us not to compare ourselves with each other anyway. It says it's not wise to compare ourselves. And so we only compare ourselves to him. He's the best example anyway. All the rest of us are failures anyway. We needed him. We needed a savior. We needed someone in our lives to rescue us. He's our only example. So we stir up those things and we guard them uh, in our lives. And so secure them. And ask the Holy Spirit, how do I stir up? What do I do to stir those things up? I don't know about you, but I've been to meetings before where I've got saturation services, where, you know, you got somebody got to carry you to your car and all of that. And then by Wednesday, you're going, did we have a saturation meeting? <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe it's just me. But how do we guard the greater that we've stepped into? It's not by incident or accident that she was here that she had to be here now. Uh, um, there's a couple other meetings that she's had this year, and they had to be done before the end of this year. I don't know what all that means, but we were included in that. She had to be here in our church. She had to bring us what she brought us. Uh, it was necessary for her to be here, to, for her to talk to us, for her to deliver to us, for her to impart to us, for her to lay hands on us. It was very unusual for her to lay hands on, on folks. And there was an urgency about it that she had to get her hands on us. You know, the children of Israel, um, they were promised that Canaan land belonged to them. And uh, they, were in, uh, they were in bondage for 400 years in Egypt. And um, so with that, you don't worry about it. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you, sir. Um, and that God was going to bring them out. And God raised up a deliverer. He brought someone that was going to uh, uh, recognize his call and what God had put on him to bring them into, to get them out of where they are, to bring them into what God had promised. And so that deliverer uh, stepped into his destiny and it affected all the other destinies of everybody else. And so they came out. Their cry went up before God, brought, God brought a deliverer and got them out. But then when they got out, murmur, 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 murmur. And God said, you have murmured against me these 10 times. You are not going in. But Joshua and Caleb, it says that, that Caleb had a different spirit about him. Joshua waited in the presence of God at the, uh, on the, at the uh, mountain when Mo Moses would go up to speak with God. So there was something different about him because of being in the presence of God. They had to maintain that spirit of faith about them for 40 years to that those unbelieving folks died. How do they do that? Joshua tells us in Joshua chapter 1, meditate in the word. What did God say? And Joshua, I mean, Caleb, give me my mountain. What? He had a spirit of faith about him. But at 80 years old, I want my mountain. I want to look at the mountain at 80. <laughs> Not go up the mountain at 80. Look at it. See, that's my mountain right there. Praise the Lord. 
You can go skiing if you want to. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But they, there was something about them. They stirred up on the inside of them to maintain what they had received from God. God said, we believe it, that settles it. Amen. Amen. And so the things that he brought us, I, my whole point tonight is to encourage you that uh, this pause button was set for us. It was meant for her to be here. It was meant for you to be here. Uh, it was meant for the download, the impartations, the laying on of hands, everything. For what? I don't know. But God knows. Uh, one minister I listen to a lot, she says, God always has your answer in you before the need arises. And so before... Whatever we need it for, the answer, we are already equipped. We are already stocked full for whatever is out ahead. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. She started to say, uh, in, you can go ahead and stand up. She started to say in the sound check that uh, there are some things that can be changed by prayer. And there are some things that we prepare for. And the spirit of God will let us know which one to do. Amen. So that for your personal life, for the church at large, the corporate body. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it was quite kind of the Lord to push this pause button for us, to give us an answer, to give a rescue before we even know what, what's needed. Hallelujah. Father God, we're so thankful. And I just thank you for helping me tonight. And I thank you, Father, uh, that you cared so much about us that you brought this word to us, this ministry gift to us to depart, uh, to uh, impart to us and download some things on the inside. And we don't even know what all can be told about what was given to us and what was activated and all of that. But Father, as we uh, pursue our time with you, as we sit quietly and listen to you, as we sit in silence to inquire of you, uh, in Habakkuk it says, I will sit up on the wall and I will listen uh, uh, or look to see what you will say to me. Moses turned aside to see that great bush that was burning. He turned aside to see and then you spoke to him out of the bush when he turned aside to see. So as we turn aside to see, as we spend time in your presence, as we acknowledge you in all of our ways, you'll direct our paths. And so we're so grateful for that. Father, uh, as this pause button has been unpushed and now we have to occupy, we thank you every day that you show us exactly what to do in every situation that may occur. We thank you, Father, that you gave us the answer ahead of time. And we look on the inside to the guide, the counselor, the uh, advocate, the standby, the strengthener uh, on the inside of us, the intercessor, the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, thank you for helping us. Thank you for being our helper here in these last days. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.